0: Akwaaba, welcome to Titula Talks. This is a platform where I, Titula, have conversations with people from different walks of life who share their thoughts and parts of their
1: story thus far. I hope you enjoy. You need a bit of luck and, you know, there's some principles. People say the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I do believe in that. Although I get tired sometimes of working hard. It tires you, mate. It tires you yeah, out. Yeah, Definitely. But at the same time, I'm addicted to it. I'm, I'm, I love working. Um, but, you know, that guy has helped us so much and we've now become really good friends. And I'm indebted to him um, in lots of different ways, not just in money. I feel a bit like I'm choke up actually now. He's, he's grabbed our brand knowing what it is and how we work. And the way he's portrayed it, People that have never seen our company or heard of us are phoning us up and emailing us because of the window because the the website's a window into our company Mm. and that humbles me you know and I've told him I said you've changed our business you've transformed our business because when you've got a concept and when you've when you're good at something and you want to tell the world Sometimes, this is the lonely bit of being a business person. You feel like you're in a cardboard box and you're shouting. Yeah. We're great. Ingman's is great. We can do this. We can do that. Blah, blah, blah. But there's only so many people can hear you. There's only so many people can hear you through the cardboard box. But he's put us outside the cardboard box and he's put us on a platform where we can speak to lots of different people. And, and it's the same it? you,
0: not, you've not changed at all.
1: Nothing, we've not changed. He's changed us. Yeah. He's allowed, he's allowed us to speak to people or show people what we do, showcase what we do. And we've become friends, you know, and um, Matt and his wife, Rachel, and they're just lovely, lovely people. And he's just, he genuinely wants to help me. And, you know, he said, "He said to me, you know, I said, Look, Andy, I, I'm all right. We're the his business says we're all right, we're all right. You know, don't <laughs> don't worry. You know, and he, he like sometimes he won't he won't take any money off me. So he likes whiskey. So I went and bought him a really nice bottle of whiskey. I'm sure he enjoyed that. Wow. He's, well, he's waiting for me to come and help him with it. <laughs> but he, you know, he was like even that. He's you know bought him this whiskey. have you done that for? I says because." Cause she helped me all the time you won't take any money off me a minute matt you know you didn't have to do that well i know i didn't have to do that but you don't have to do what you're yeah. doing you know yeah and all it is is a thank you it's only a thank you you know because you're like, both
0: grateful for each other and because you've both gone out your way to help each other in ways you didn't expect And yeah. it's, it's helped both of you
1: yeah but it's like i'd give him it's like i'd get him winning lottery ticket. we're only a bottle of whiskey but it's Mm. I I suppose again it's the principle isn't it it's the principle of life and that to me is you know sometimes I, I get down and I get tired and whatever but life's a lot more than just money being in business if it's if it's only about money it must be quite a lonelier place I think but you know I've not got lots of money, so let's hope that if I did get lots of money, that I won't change who we are. I'm sure I won't. Yeah, I doubt you will. Yeah.
0: How do you deal with um, letting people go?
1: It used to be very difficult for me, um, and it used to sometimes, it hurt me sometimes if you put a lot of time and effort into to it. But what I've realised is that Everybody's got their own life and their own goals and their own vision, um, and I've also realised that people told me a long time ago that I didn't believe in. The more you help people, sometimes it don't make any difference. It doesn't. It it doesn't um, make a difference to some people's loyalty or or whatever. Um, I think the key for people going is, if they're going to go, they're going to go. And, you you know, you, you do try and keep every, everybody happy, but it's pretty much impossible. Yeah. If they want to stay, they'll stay. And it's like in life, the people around you that hang around for a long time are because they want to. It's not what, it's not, I don't mean how you treat them, but it's not what you do for them. I like to think treat everybody the same, but... Sometimes you really try and help people and I don't see it really now as they let you down. It's their life. Yeah. It's their life. You know, it stings a bit sometimes for a while and then you just have to sort of get over yourself and say, you know, good luck.
0: Yeah, wish them well.
1: Yeah, and sometimes people come back. You know, I've had that happen quite recently actually where somebody's come back into my life business-wise and I stuck an olive branch out and they took it, you know. And again, that's a lesson in life. You can get so hung up on pride and principle that it doesn't do you any favours. But if you learn to live and let live, sometimes things come round in a, a cycle, you know. So.
0: No. And obviously, because you mentioned earlier that you're, you're the face of the company and it's like your business, even though I'm sure you delegate work. Mm. But at the end of the day, the work still comes home with you, I'm guessing. Because you can, do you, how how easy do you find it to switch off when you leave work?
1: Sorry, the work comes what, sorry? Comes home with you. Ah.
0: Uh, so how easy do you find it to switch off?
1: It, it does. It does come home a little bit with you when you work for yourself. It's difficult. It's difficult to switch off. Um, you have, for me personally... I try and learn to handle that that it's going to come on with me and that's part of hmm. life it's well so
0: how's that changed from the first time that obviously you had the business your own business because before um when you're working a piece or whatever you can go home forget about work, see you work tomorrow but now you have your own business how was how's that changed from bringing it back from the start to where you're at now
1: i'll tell you exactly right what i've learned is that I actually took work home when I worked for Peter's. Because I once said to somebody, if you cut me straight through the middle, it'll read Peter's on it all the way through, right? And that has set me in good stead for now. I've got my own freedom of thought and to put my ideas into practice because I've had a schooling. I've had a schooling of the harder I work, the luckier I get. The schooling of that if you can get a clear vision and if you can efficiently work as many hours as you can, you'll get there quicker. And once you get there quicker and if it works, there'll be a benefit to that. Um, So I, I do work really hard. People laugh and joke, and they say you're never at work or you're never doing this and whatever. And I'm like, Yeah, all right, you can't live with me, sunshine. <laughs> you can't get anywhere near me. I'm working all the time because you can work, you can be working when you're sat on settee, you can be working things out, yeah. and um, what you're going to do, and if you work them out thoroughly. Then when you put them into principle hopefully they get traction a bit quicker where they start you start seeing some progress so we've recently set a new project up and i was in that lonely place of will it work won't it work and it seems to be working quicker than i thought it would um which is pleasing and uh, a relief yeah when you've laid some money out and you know, you you want to see if it if it works, and how's it going to work? And nobody's done this before, so are you a fool? You know, well, maybe I'd be a fool if I didn't try it and I had an yeah. idea and I didn't try it. But I'd rather be a fool and try it. You know, and yeah, and it not work. Never been. But been you know, it seems to be, it seems to be being received really well. Um, and then, when you do scary things, when you do things that make you get up at middle at night, when you feel like you're a fool, they're the things usually that can be a good success. Because if you're scared, it means it means something. Yeah. If you're not scared, it means that it's not really new. It's not really. You're
0: not stretching yourself enough.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. It's a. It's 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 it, it, and I suppose you get used to them kind of feelings. Never get complacent with them, but you get used to the feelings of oh, I'm a bit scared about this. You know, it's like going in that cold water. Oh, I don't know, want to win or are we going in and get it over yeah. with? You know, and I think life is a lot about that. Wow. Yeah.
0: How uh, Have you how's working for the business and would your business affected your relationships?
1: Yeah. Um definitely. Um I got divorced ten years ago. Um and I was working I was working in under franchise then, so I was working for myself and yeah, I think in relationships I e we'll talk about partners straight away. True. Sure. So you need the right partner. Uh to be somebody who's a business person because they need to allow you the freedom of time, the freedom of thought. Um, You can be in a relationship where you're emotionally held and I've been in them. Whereas, well, I should be coming first. Not that, shouldn't be coming first. Well, if you're looking after the foundation you are being put first because you'll get rewarded for that and Mm. if somebody truly loves you they will support you but I've been in relationships where people say that they stand by me and they love me but they don't really know what Mm. they don't know what it's like to work for yourself so they can't relate to it
0: that's very interesting Um, there's a there's a guy who um, I listened to and he was has entrepreneurs come onto his show and he always talks about relationships with them because he finds him for himself that he says that anytime he's been in a relationship the partner never understands because though even though they're present the mind is still working so they're not really there yeah and even though should sure, have booked dinner at this time but then work is calling, so they have to go there they don't understand the stress and they feel like they're not the priority whereas the people he's had on who've been in relationships and most of the time either the partner has is having their own business or also understanding the responsibility they're more understanding when they have to cancel something because it's like okay sure we can't go on this dinner but I know that you're going to work and you know that it's going to be beneficial for you and both of us at the end of it all
1: yeah I think I think there's a line um, that you have to understand we have to understand to draw a line Um, you know it is addictive. It is addictive to want to be successful and want to be have something that people recognise and that they like um, and they want to use it. And fine tuning that takes a lot of work, but we have to realise as business people that the people that support us need our time too. Yeah, but there is it's it's like <clears throat> faith. This seasons. So, at the minute, we're going through a season where <clears throat> we're having to work a lot harder because we've had to let some staff go and or people have left, and we're we're combating being short. So we we're trying to be creative. Um, last week, I did a sixty-five hour week, and oh. you know that's I'm fifty-one, and. That's not easy for other people around me. <clears throat> so, but at the moment, it's needs must. We, we you know, to stay alive. The, the ultimate is we stay in business. Um, but what we're finding is we're staying in business, but we're creating new ideas. We're creating new things for the future that will probably make our business easier yeah. in the future to do business. So, um, yeah, you need... A special person by the side of you and
0: yeah, what attributes would you say Um either or well, especially for business people actually, somebody's a businessman that they are looking for a partner what attributes would you say the partner should have
1: well I've been in relationships where I've been on phone after work on on business and I look across at my partner and they you know the body language is oh you're on phone again and mm and instantly that puts you in a compromising situation, especially if you're emotionally attached to that person, if you love them, Mm. it's difficult. Um, And being able to be straight with the person that you're with. So if, if you're annoyed about something, or if you expect that they should understand, you should be able to have the freedom, the strength in the relationship to point that out and say, I'm sorry, but this is important. So, there you go but you yeah, can't have to understand that you, yeah you can't some people can't handle that you know some we're all wired up differently some human beings can't handle that because they feel like they're not important well actually it's the flip side they're very important and you want to be successful because you know for instance for a man one of the apparently one of the most a main quality for a woman to like a guy is they're like successful confident men yeah you've got to be a good person you know and you've got to do the right thing but they like successful people well to be successful you don't work nine to five sorry just you know it's not happening it might be four o'clock in afternoon to twelve o'clock at night Mm. you know it might be five o'clock in the morning till three o'clock in afternoon but you'll find usually it's not nine to five because running a business don't work that way. So finding somebody that understands that is difficult. Educating them is an education. Can they be educated by their partner? Are they Would they allow themselves to be educated? You know? Yeah. Some women or men, vice versa, if they've grown up and their dad's a business person, they would be more schooled in that because they've seen it, happen, they've they seen it happen you know so but you know somebody could not come from the environment at all and just just understand and this is why it's so intricate and uh, you know I was divorced <clears throat> and had three children and I had my children three times a week and finding a partner that would understand the fact that I have my kids three times a week and I run my own business is not an easy mm. thing. So I would end up, because I wanted to be in a relationship, I would be seen um, f- f- six, seven years ago to be, oh, Andy's always got a new girl. He's always got a new partner. Right. Which would probably not look um, correct. to You know, outwardly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but... Um, it wasn't that I was being a gigolo. It was the fact that I was trying to find somebody who could live my life. Yeah, and how, I, how I wanted to live it. I want to see my kids, you know. I want to work for myself. And that's that's been quite emotionally traumatic for me. Because I've had friends who've said, Andy, look, you've got your kids. You've got your own house. Just have a good time. You know, I'm like... I can't do that. Yeah, don't work, some, yeah. don't work for me. Don't It will work for somebody else. But it don't work for me. You know, I like to be in a relationship. I like to be responsible for being in a relationship and loving somebody. You know, and I want to be loved equally. So understandable, yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not easy. But who said life were going to be easy? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> wow. and uh, how's your relationship with your children like?
1: Uh, well, they are growing up. Um, now so my eldest is 19 she's moved in with her boyfriend so she's you know got into um, a relationship with responsibility which will make her grow up mm. even more um, how
0: did you find her how did you find um, her leaving it, it Scared, it's, it's, sc- it's scary
1: you know look when you, you've got a daughter and she gets her first boyfriend it's it's you know, it's almost like it's almost like you're going through your. You know, when they say kids go through um, hormonal change, mm-hmm. well, it's almost like I can only explain it as, hold on a minute, that's my daughter, and you're a bloke, and you know, you know how blokes man works. I, I'm like, yeah. hold on a minute, this is not computing. You know, I don't like this situation. The alarm bells are going off everywhere, so it's very difficult to adjust. You know, uh, to that. But at the same time, you've got to, because it's part of what you've brought them up mm. for, to have their own life, you know. So, yeah, that's a, you know, I've had, I've had to get over myself a little bit, but I think I've managed it. Um, my son, he's 15 now, and he started doing a bit of work with us. Mm. So he, um, he works in shops sometimes <clears throat> when he can, I, you know, obviously weekends, and if he's not at school, We've had to get a, a license for him because of his age. Right. You know, at council, but he's a bit hit and miss. But in, what he, sense? in in the fact that he'll sometimes he'll not come when he could. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I've got. I'm hoping that he's gonna turn that corner because he does enjoy mm. enjoy it when he comes. And you know, kids, they, they go through changes and you know a year ago he would pretty much just grunt at me when i spoke to him and now he's completely different again because i thought well, what have i done wrong you know as a yeah. dad what, what what's going on here what you know but now he's he's completely different you know how he was when he was younger you know because we were always close yeah. you know people would see me walking through town and they say, look, Andy's walking through town with his three little ducks behind him. Whack, whack, whack. When I said three, because Lizzie has got um, Charlie, so now we've got four cool. kids, now yeah. I'm remarried and um, we're going to, hopefully now we're going to be able to adopt him because we've got, the house has been extended and we're married, so that's what we plan to do. But yeah, at the time, um, yeah, they'd say, I've got my three little ducks behind me. Walking, but then there's Fallon. She's um Fallon's m- uh, musical, creative, and she goes to musical theatre, dancing. Wow. She has piano lessons, she has singing lessons, uh, but she's going through a change now. She's you know got to thirteen, and all of a sudden things are going off. Things are going off, yeah. you know. But we just got to ride the storm.
0: Um I'm guessing with your first daughter obviously, you is it. How different has that change been? Because obviously you've seen the thirteen-year-old girl grow up, and now she's your Valen's thirteen as well. So yeah, has there been a similarity, or is they are they completely different? Uh,
1: similar similarity. <clears throat> um, what else has been similar is that I know that they give the birth mother more grief than they do me. Right. Now I've always been very. Some people say I'm too soft with them. But they must see a different side to me as well because they don't usually as kids do they don't get a bit chirpy with me usually um at this moment fallon's grounded um for being she's got detention at school they've just moved from being a normal school to an academy so things are a lot stricter which i'm really pleased about toughens them up yeah yeah and, um,
0: Does your job for you, I guess. Yeah, he's help, helping,
1: yeah. Yeah, some discipline like, has been installed. I'm not like Big Bad Wolf all the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, she's grounded at minute. Um, I know we're on lockdown, but... she. It's, Gosh, it's extra grounded. Ex, ex, extra, extra grounded. Um, but, you know, it's just an age thing. I mean, a year ago, she. you know, at the moment, so... It's, She's aloof, as they call it. You know, she's not very tactile or whatever. Whereas she always has been. You know, mm. it's like, oh, dad, you know, and big smiles and big hugs. It's a bit like now nah, standoffish, yeah. but it's, you know, it's and you do as yeah, you've yeah, got three of my own, and then we've got Charlie. Um, you you do see similarities in them growing up, so you I suppose you chill out a bit about it so I'm a bit more relaxed now yeah, than my father is yeah. you know Charlie lives with us 24-7 he's with us all the time because he doesn't see his dad so mm. um, he seems he, that seems a bit more easy to manage
0: and how have you found that um, having another child which isn't yours in a family
1: yeah um, I think well if you he's a great kid anyway but if you love somebody i.e. your partner and they've got children it's the same scenario as I, I was in And you have to accept everything and take that responsibility. You can't pick and choose. And I'm and I'm happy to do that. You know, he's a great kid. Um, He's not. I'm not officially his dad, but he does call me dad sometimes, which Mm. makes me heart sing. You know, and um, apparently, he says to the teachers, "You know, while my dad's picking me up, even if he didn't say it to me, so, which is really sweet." so we're going to make that official as soon as we can. It's just been a difficult year for everybody to, yeah. because of what's been going off out there. Yeah. Or it would probably be done by now, actually. But yeah, no, it's, uh, having kids makes you grow up even more. Yeah, how
0: yeah, has having kids changed your life, would you say?
1: Completely. Completely changed my life. Um, I'm sure for 99% of people it does the same as well. It's, you know it's hard work there's responsibility but the rewards are massive
0: Well what do you think's different because obviously before it's just you 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 or your partner but now you've got children of your own there's more responsibility how does that well i
1: remember i remember bearing in mind that madison's 19 i remember the feeling now something's happened in your life and they stick with you and i remember we i picked fallon up and her mum and came back to the house and uh Claire was shattered from you know giving birth, mm. and she was feeding her herself. And Madison didn't go to sleep till about four o'clock in the morning, right? So, uh, Claire were exhausted, and she finally got to sleep, and I finally got Madison to sleep. And I remember getting up about seven to make a cup of tea, and I remember walking down the stairs and through the uh, middle room towards the kitchen. And this like, emotion hit me of fear and joy. Fear of re- the responsibility and joy of having somebody that's... It's a miracle having a child. Yeah. It's an absolute miracle. And uh, I remember that feeling. It just like dumped on me like an yeah. adrenaline dump. And it was like... Phew. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's not about me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's I've got to look after this little beautiful thing. Yeah, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, I look back on photos and I've got some amazing kids. They're amazing. Oh, thank they, God for they them. They paint paint it backside, but they're amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how have you dealt with the whole lockdown this year? How's that uh, changed you? um What have you learned through the lockdown? Actually,
1: I've learned a lot about learned a lot about myself as a human being. Um, I've learnt how to change my business, how to think outside the box, which really has done me a lot of good as a business person, sharpened me up. Um, But yeah, it's, lockdown has not mentally really, it's affected me through damaging the business, but it's not affected me I don't, I hear a lot of people say that, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that, and they feel a bit down about this, and it's changed the way they live my life. I think, I think I live in a little bit of a bubble anyway, you know, because um, I get focused on things and I just try and see them through to yeah. end. So this has come along, and it's like, right, you're going to shut now for three months, sunshine. How are you going to handle this? What are you going to do? You know, talking yeah. to myself. And, um, Well, there's one thing you're not gonna do. You're not gonna lie down. You're gonna stand up and get through it somehow. Don't know how, don't know what each day is gonna come, but we're gonna take it on each day. And I've learned that if I take a day at a time, it allows me to not worry as much and be still be productive because I obviously know that if you're worrying to such a level, you become dysfunctional and then you can't be practical. Right. And then you're no use to anybody, or your business, or your kids, or yourself, or your wife. So, taking problems off in chunks, and chewing them up, and chucking them out way, and getting on with next one. So I've learnt that. Um, like I say, it's not affected me. It's not affected me. I tell you what's worried me. I tell you what's made me sad. Right. I've never once worried about getting coronavirus. I've only ever worried about losing my business and losing my house uh, and everything I've worked for. Why do you think that is? Well, I don't know. I don't know what that means actually. I don't know if that means that I don't put myself first or I don't know what it means. Let me try and explain it. I've got this new thing, this Ingman's, the brand, the baby, the new baby. And that's, when I say it's become the priority, I don't mean it like that because my life and the people in my life are my priority. It's one of my priorities. But what it made me realise is that that was being threatened directly. Like lots of businesses were being threatened directly. And it was my responsibility to make sure that it was protected. So if you think of it as the newest born out of a family, it was the most vulnerable. Yeah. So I had to protect the most vulnerable first and the others in priority. And it made me not worry about getting ill by it, which I don't know if that's stupid, or brave, or
0: I think I, I feel like it's not even the fact that you're worried. You guess I think it's like you said because you felt if you get it, you might you'll recover. It's probably your mentality, but because you knew the business and you struggled so hard to get in that position, for yeah. it to just go like that is probably why you were yeah. You know, you put your all into it.
1: There, there were there were times when I thought this could go, and I it, I broke my heart, and it wasn't even happening. It was like. I could lose my business.
0: Yeah, just the fear of it.
1: Yeah, so I made myself. I put myself in a position where I spoke to my accountant. What can I get? You know, well, you can't. This is how much money you'll get. Well, I can't live off that. Okay, so I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna work every day. I'm gonna go to work every day. Short, sure, but I'll work every day. So we had the internet business, money coming in from that, and I was people were buying off me through social media or ringing me up and saying have you got this and i'd deliver it and i forced myself into a corner uh, to fight my way out because i think the only way you really fight to survive is if you're in a corner and you put yourself into a corner where the there's only one way out and that's to get out and that's what i try i think that's what i tend to do i don't know where it comes from, but that's what I tend to do. Um, put myself into a situation where I ain't got no choice. And then the choice is made. Yeah. And then it's, let's fight this then and get on with it. And I, I don't feel very strong a lot of the time, but a lot of people around me say that I am. Um, and it's really weird because I can identify strong people. I can tell somebody's strong. By how? I don't know, it's in, uh, intuition or just uh, how they talk. How, what, what who Remember human beings, who they be. Because some people portray, some people are. Right. And I think that's where that comes from, is knowing if somebody's not being quite true to the self, and they're trying to make you look at something slightly different. Right. But for me, it's, I'm not a fighting person. So to fight, you, I have to put myself into a, I, it has to be the last resort. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's Some people routine. go out looking for trouble, don't they? Yeah. But <clears throat> I don't like trouble, but I don't like laying down either. So it's a complicated no, thing. No, I haven't signed
0: you. Yeah. How do you deal with your mental health?
1: Uh, well I I have suffered with mental health for a long time actually um, and when I say that for probably 15 15 to 20 years ago I started struggling with mental health issues as regards uh, being um, paralyzed with fear of anything you know and In turn, what that did, it uh, made me like that I couldn't open letters and stuff like that because I was scared of uh, what what I was, what was, I had a fear mentality. Uh, I called it the trapdoor mentality. If I felt good, that meant something bad would come in. Right, okay. Right. And I ended up going to doctors and um, I do take um, antidepressant tablets, uh, which... I've not, I ain't got no hang-ups about being on tablets because I know that it's a chemical uh, thing that's going on in my brain. And one of the reasons I used to train a lot is because it naturally helped me endorphins and stuff. Okay. Um, and it made me more positive. But I do, I do understand people who have mental health issues, but I also feel that they should try and help themselves more and Be proactive, some people might find that a safe place. That might sound horrible to say, but if you really want to not be down and feeling fear, you have to try and fight to get out of it. Yeah, and
0: <laughs> so how would you say, How do you help yourself? Would you say,
1: uh, counseling? I've had counseling, um. On how to handle the feelings I take medication to help with that Um, I in a weird kind of way I enjoy pressure but I know that there's a tipping point for me so if I get tired I go downhill real fast and I can get grumpy real I can get sharp yeah right um, lose my temper and that's when I know that I've gone over the edge so I can work that hard and just get concentrated and focused on stuff I'll forget to like order my tablets right so that I know that I'm running short. I'm not stupid yeah. and I'll start cutting them in half and, w- and, e- and easing them out and think right what's going on them tablets today or I've got to... and then it's gone days gone because everything else has become more important. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I'm very bad at looking after myself, really. But um, I do try and be positive as much as I can. You can wallow in fear and, and loneliness. It's It's the easiest thing to do. It's like when you're depressed, getting out of bed in the morning, and this happens to me now sometimes when I'm feeling pressure. I just think I don't want to get out of bed. I just, I, I, I just want to lay in bed. Just leave me alone. Yeah. And then I think, well, I can't, because I've got this, this, and this responsibility, and I've got this, this, and this to do. Because if I don't, I'll be letting somebody down, and that helps me don't like letting Do you know about. there's a
0: greater cause than there's more to you than
1: it's it's more than me it's not I know what it's like to feel depressed so I don't to sound patronizing to anybody mm. but it's not always about you you've got to look after yourself but the way you'll come out of it is to think it's not that bad we've got to get through this there's always somebody worse off so I'll think of the kids in Syria or people in war zones And I'll try and slap myself around the face metaphorically yeah, and say, stand up and get on with it. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going.
0: No, that's, that's encouraging because especially for the person you are, you being a businessman and obviously you have lots of pressures. It's not just you. You have a family, you have your business and like you said, you might want to stay in bed, which is fine if you were, I don't know, you're just a worker, but because you know that there's people who rely upon you to get fed and your family to get fed my um, payments and things like that you know that like you still need to get yourself out of that place
1: well for instance for instance and I'm not everybody's different within whatever job they do or sure and they've got important jobs but there's certain jobs in the world where you can have a day off you know and get paid you know you, I'm not saying people use that but it's easy if, to do if, if they feel like that, they can think about their mental health and they can think about themselves and say, you know what, work can come second today, right? And they use that facility, which is great for them, and I mean that. But unfortunately, at this moment in my life, I've not got the facility. Mm. So sometimes when people say to me, look after yourself, look after yourself. And I'm like, <laughs> ow, like, yeah, no. you do me, do my job yeah. today and and sit me down. I, I have to be, to relax, I literally have to be sort of put down, put down, sit, told, sit now, relax. Or the only time I really relax is if I go abroad, when I can't just nip to work. Yeah, I
0: was just thinking that. You
1: know what I mean? Cause I can nip to work if I'm off, cause I like it. I like work.
0: Yes, I think it's like you're. seems like you're saying finding the balance of looking after your family, looking after your work, but also looking after yourself. Because yeah. At the end of the day, if your body's not functioning, you can't get to work. So exactly. Make it, yeah. But it looks like you obviously you know you know your tipping points. You know what you yeah. need to be doing. So it's not like you're you're out of the loop of that. So
1: no, I'm, and 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 getting to uh, getting used to. Um, Getting to know yourself is important. Getting to know your boundaries and your limitations and learning, because counseling taught me that. Right. You know, there's one thing for sure, Andrew, they've said to me, you'll have problems in your life. And what they said, they'd give you a metaphorical tool bag. You need that tool to sort this out, that tool to sort that out.
0: Mm, mend yourself. And that's help.
1: helping yourself, that's allowing yourself to be helped, you know.
0: So. Let's say I come back to you in 10, 15 years' time. Where will Andrew England be? Uh,
1: in 10 years' time, I'm hoping that I'm semi-retired. Um, I'm hoping that I can work more from home a little bit. Um, have a little workshop at home. All right. I'm hoping that I've got myself into a position where I know that I've got more people around with it can deliver the standard of the brand, Ingman's. I know you've said like I'm face at business, but you know this human body is only going to be here for so long. So yeah. you know you've got to think about if you're creating a brand, you've got to. <clears throat> that's that's the it's a standard that's the face. So I'm hoping that I will be. More involved in making sure, overseeing everything that it's done properly. At the minute, I'm quite hands on. It's it's quite intense because we're building up a reputation. Mm-hmm. But you know, I can't, I can't be here forever, and I can't do every shoe. Yeah. So I need to build a team up. Um, and where will the
0: business be then, as well? If you're some retired, how will the business look like?
1: um i i'm hoping that it's still got the same we've got a a face to the business as regards a shop front a physical presence um but that it doesn't mean that that's it can't operate without that Mm -hmm. but what i've realized through this last year is that the way people have responded to the new internet service that that if it's sustained properly if it's if we keep meeting the standards and service levels which we are doing but we need to be able to be able to scale that up yeah. make scalability um, you know I only need I don't need <laughs> I don't really need more shops and the way that way that retails going I Everything's think online but yeah you know way, it's it? not it's not going that way people are shopping different but this has intensified it this pandemic people who don't use the internet some on principle and some because they're technophobes like me they've been forced to do it and realized actually it's quite easy yeah so it's and it's it, more convenient as well it's so much more convenient it's amplified the whole scenario and that's one of the reasons why we've created cobblers to you to not if you can't beat them, join them. It's more that it's allowing the freedom of your mind to not be, well, we've got a shop and this is how we do things. Yes, that's
0: a very, very good point.
1: You know, we, we've always done it like this. Well, well, times are changing, so... And moving with the times. Well, let's let's yeah. move, you know. We can still have the same traditional good service as regards job, but move with the times. <clears throat> move with the service time. If
0: you don't, then you'd be left behind and you end up closing.
1: You only have to stand still to get left behind. You don't have to stop. You only have to stand still. So that's, that's the, that's a mentality, um, of somebody who's growing a business. You've got to move forward. And that's why you always need other people around you that are younger than you, that can see the future a lot more clearly. Than you can because they've grown up, they've grown up now, and they're seeing the world in different eyes to what I am. So, allowing people to help you along the way is paramount to growth.
0: Exactly, because you mentioned uh, earlier on with the plot that your friend gave you, and how you know it's you should be, you get further. You know you can progress as much as you can if you don't mind people take credit. And it's like having mentioned humbling yourself and saying, you don't know everything, but you know the younger generation can help you out, which helps them and helps you in in return.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot to do with that is um, if you've got a good relationship with somebody, somebody you trust or get to trust or know, and they come up with an idea, knowing that they're doing it with an open heart, it's easier to take advice from people like that Sometimes people give your ideas for for their own credit. Mm. For their own credit. So I'm just flipping that a bit. So I take advice from everybody. It's just easier to take advice from somebody who's humbled the self and have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Some people deliver things in a way that they thought something better than you before you and it's your business. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. like, so that's, but again, ultimately it doesn't mean that it's bad advice. If you're a business person, whoever's delivered it in whichever way, whoever they are, you'd be foolish not to take it as a consideration. And that's how we have developed the business. Most people, including myself, will copy certain elements but change them. We'll adapt them yeah. to what works for us. You know, my son said something at 14 which was quite groundbreaking. Um, we said about somebody who'd said something that they'd taught us all we knew, i.e. me as a shoe bearer, mm. And my son turned around and said, well, somebody's Got to teach somebody, or are you going to learn? You know, you. So you know, we go yeah. to school, Dad. You know, basics. You know, you go to school. You read a book to learn, don't you? It don't just come to you in a vision. Yeah. If you, you know, knew
0: everything, you wouldn't be there, would you? Sorry. If you knew everything, you'd be going to school, would you? No. That's pointless. <laughs>
1: no, you won't go to college, would you? You won't. day's a lesson. Every day's a lesson if you allow it. If you stop yourself from learning. If you say you know it all, you won't learn anymore. You've got to be like a sponge and mm, allow yourself to to take more in.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's obviously, you're a shoeman, so there's no point having you if you're not going to ask you some sh- questions about shoes. Okay. So what is the hardest shoe to repair?
1: Um, right. So when we repair any shoe, but we are probably more well known for repairing English Goodyear welted shoes, not just English, the Goodyear welted concept, from which is now everywhere in the world. Um, so the more expensive the shoe, uh, the finer it is as regards it's more elegant and there's less material to work with. So the tolerances are tighter and there's more stitch density per inch, there's more stitches per inch. Okay. So. When you get to shoes approaching £500 pounds, they seem to, seem to st- it steps up the uh, intensity level of repairing them. So one of the most difficult brands to repair for me is uh, Crockett and & Jones and uh, Gazziano & Girling, um, Both English shoemakers uh, but they are the the intricacies and the finery uh are really quite amazing so they they are they are more difficult to repair and the way that they are repaired is more the way that they made is more traditional so oh, okay. to repair them
0: you need the traditional stuff as well
1: well you, to, to repair them traditionally how they were made is more intricate so you need more skill sets for instance channel grooving or uh, blind stitching as they call it so the shoes stitched but as you look at it from the sole it doesn't look like it's stitched it's because we pair the leather up and then we stitch it and then we glue the leather back down oh, okay. and it, it, it doesn't show the stitch, doesn't expose the stitching and stuff like that is more is difficult uh, to execute neatly and then hand welting uh, which is if you was making a bespoke shoe usually goodyear year to choose a stitched on by a welting machine but if you're if you're um having a bespoke shoe made i e like John Lobb or some Gats on Girlings a handmade um they, there's lots of handmade makers out there uh, Fosters and sons and all sorts all sorts of different brands um they'd be welted by hand um, which is painstakingly slow and hard work if you're doing it properly. Yeah. And we we repair we do that we do things traditionally and um, yeah it's 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 hard it's hard to do but it's very very rewarding at the end very rewarding
0: what's the um, what's the shoe or model shoe that comes in and you just smile because you love repairing them
1: what what shoe what type of shoe or brand or.
0: Um, either so let's say I don't know what kind of shoe that somebody brings in said, oh yes I can't wait to get my hands under this
1: yeah so if it, it's something that we don't see very often you know like I say the Gatsio or girling or if you've got an Edward Green or a Fosters and Son or which we've had I've even repaired a pair of John Lobbs before which okay. are their bespoke shoes start from four grand so Poor. go up to about go up to about £13,000 for one pair Poor. <laughs> right so you know repairing that kind of stuff is like uh a, a challenge but it's exciting. That's when the years start paying off. Yeah, it's like, wow, somebody's trusted me with a pair of these. Yeah. You know, which is a privilege. So <clears throat> yeah, that kind of stuff's great to repair. Um but generally good year well to choose are the area that we've tried to steer the business into, into have the reputation for. Um so yeah.
0: Um what is the I'm guessing you might have already asked this, what's the most expensive shoe you've repaired?
1: Um John Lobb. John Lobb shoes. Um they, they they were I think they were about the entry level on the bespoke, so they were like four thousand pound. Wow. But the the most recent one I did in lockdown, um which wasn't that expensive, I think they were about one thousand seven hundred some these Gatsar and Girlings. And they were the guy that sent them me, they were his late fathers, and he wanted me to repair them. So one it was a difficult repair, and two because it was his late father's. There very was an added responsibility, and the the linings had gone. And usually, it's just at the very back, but these had gone all the way around to the front where the laces are. So we had to make um, we had to make three dimensional patterns, um, so that when we cut the leather out, mm. it, it fit. We knew it would fit. So when a shoe's made, it's pretty much flat and then it's formed on a last but once it's formed on a last and made into a shoe and something wears out it's more difficult to repair than if you was making it in its entirety Mm. so some shoemakers would say that shoe repairers are more skilled than shoemakers because shoemakers work with brand new materials and everything's flat whereas a repairer it's the other way around you have to work with what you've got. Um,
0: have you repaired any big celebrities um, shoes Um,
1: I'm trying to think now we're just we're dealing with um, I'm sure he'll not mind because he's done a video for us we're dealing with Razor Ruddock which is an ex Liverpool footballer at the minute when I used to work for Peter's we made some shoes for um, he's a comedian Skinner Frank Skinner okay yeah made some shoes for him. Um, I'm trying to think now. I know that I've repaired... You know when you know somebody's... i tell you I've repaired some shoes for, and he's a Hollywood actor. Um, Richard, Coyle. Richard he's, Coyle. He's probably my most high-profile customer. Um, he was in Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Uh, he was the adopted son, and uh, his family live in Chesterfield.
0: Oh, wow, okay.
1: So he comes back periodically to visit, um, and he's a really nice guy as well. He's very down-to-earth, and uh, I'm not saying we're friends, yeah. but we are friendly. And, that's good. Uh, But yeah, so that's probably my claim to fame at the minute, <laughs> Hollywood style. Um
0: What pair of shoes would you say every guy needs to have?
1: um if you was talking as a must everybody i think must have what you call a straight toe-capped oxford shoe uh, which is a very formal shoe so um it's it's what you would p- typically see people wear at weddings uh, funerals business meetings if they're mm. wearing a tuxedo um, but the they're occasion shoe usually people wearing for business yeah. But, you know.
0: what? Yeah, kit. Okay. What, um, what smart shoe do you think that you'd wear daily do you think everyone should have?
1: Brogue. A brogue? Yeah, yeah. Brogues are back in fashion now. It used to be probably about 30 years ago they were the old man's shoe. Um, but no, I think every man should have a pair of brogues. And ladies wear brogues too. They're quite fashionable for ladies. There
0: you go. Uh, second to last question. There's a dinner party, six people are there, you're there, I'm there, you can invite four people who's coming
1: and why. Are they? Do they have to be alive or?
0: You're alive or dead. Alive, alive or
1: dead. Yeah. George Michael. Because? Um, I think he's great, a great, great artist. I think he's a um, fabulous human being. Um, and I think he's a compassionate person, very generous. With his, um, with his money, mm. and and his time and his talent. Um. Paul Scanlon, Paul Scanlon, he's my favorite. The guy from podcasts, yeah, yeah, he's my favorite preacher. I've had the privilege to meet him. Wow. In this church, yeah. So, um, that's the first time I've really been starstruck. Yeah. So, Paul invited me to church to an event. And uh he said, um, guess who's uh, guess who's preaching? Hmm. And uh I I said somebody that I, I respected a lot. Yeah. And he goes, no, not him. And I went, you're joking. <laughs> you didn't say you were I just said, you were joking me. He says, I'm not. He says, Paul Scanlon's coming to church. I says, You are joking. He says, anyway, so He got, I came obviously, and uh, he was up in this special office upstairs and Paul, he uh, got me, invited me up to say hello to Paul Scanlon. And you'd literally thought I'd met met a a (laughs) megastar, you know, my favourite footballer or whatever. I'm like, that's Paul Scanlon. Right. And I remember they seated me at the front of the church with Paul, literally at the side of him. Mm. And when it was time for him to uh, get up, yeah, he put his hand on my shoulder, and it was like God had touched me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like Paul Scanlon just touched me on the shoulder. <laughs> Never we'll wash your clothes again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so George Michael, Paul Scanlon. Uh, well, so let's, let's have a sportsman in there, shall we? So I would like Jurgen Klopp to okay. come to dinner because you're a big Liverpool fan aren't you big, big Liverpool fan yeah and I think he's a fabulous person great man manager and very intelligent guy mm. got a very I think his ethos and his theory on his job is very simple and it's based on honesty and transparency he's a Christian as well and I just think it's so obvious yeah. that it's a Christian um, that's made him the success oh, yes, that he yeah. is. So definitely Jurgen Klopp. <clears throat> and your last, who, last person, come to dinner? Um, I better bring my wife, aren't I? <laughs> Lizzie. Yeah. I better bring Lizzie my wife. Yeah, <laughs> last but definitely not least, I don't think she'd like to be left out. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I think Lizzie'd like to meet Jurgen Klopp, um, and uh, she'd also, uh, she'd also like to meet George Michael too. So, yeah, I don't think we ought to leave uh leave, leave Lizzie out. out. Yeah, Wonderful.
0: yeah. Uh, last question yeah. for you: What would you tell your thirteen-year-old self today?
1: I would tell myself that I've got to get used to who I am quicker and believe in myself and work for what I do, what I want to do work wise and work for myself as quickly as possible. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and be brave, be convicted. And have faith. Mm. You can't do this on your own. You can't take all this journey and this responsibility on your own. You need to share it, and you need to give it. You need to give it to other people to help you, not to be afraid of being helped, but just pick wisely who helps you as well. Wow. Uh, I just thought
0: something real quick. um Somebody watching this now, wanting to, you know, find a career path, because obviously you found what you wanted, and you love what you're doing.
1: What advice would you give to them? What do you mean if they found something that they... Yeah, as in they didn't know
0: what to do, they were still confused, but how would you encourage them to know exactly like what they're doing and that's what they should what,
1: be doing? Well, I think it's, it's very important and it ties into what I've just said. I said to do work for yourself as soon as you could. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's when you know what you, want, know what you want to do. So on the flip side of that, If they need to spend some time to find out what they're passionate about, spend that time to find out what they're passionate about. And once they've found out what they're passionate about, then wholeheartedly focus on it and go for it. Because then it makes work enjoyable. I love going to work, I love repairing shoes. You know, started when I was 14, I'm 51 now. I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. I can't wait to go and work on some shoes and do a good job and send them off and to get that text or you know rapport with that customer to say wow that's an amazing job thank you so much that's it job done reward in itself wow thank you very much oh. so
0: that's been episode 9 of teacher talks with Andy England. Andy thank you so much for coming on really appreciate
1: that I really really enjoyed it you're very good at interviewing <laughs> I'm very relaxed so I'm really. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. No pleasure. thank you.